I'm recording this now about 48 hours having used no power in my apartment. Well, technically, I haven't shut off the fuse to the whole place. And there's two outlets that are near faucets that have a little LED that I haven't figured out how to turn off. Other than that, I haven't been drawing any power. Uh, how's this happened? Because regular listeners might know that over the past year, I bought from used off of Craigslist uh, a battery pack and a solar panel to power that battery pack. And I've been going up to my roof to power it. And this is coming, uh, observations of how it's been. Because I haven't planned it. You know, I've learned from experience. Uh, people know my original first acting on sustainability was to challenge myself to go for a week without buying any packaged food. And I spent six months analyzing and planning, doing what school taught me so well. Analyze and plan. What do I do day one, day two, day three? Then act. And finally, after six months of going around in circles... You know, what would happen is in my head, I would think I'd buy something packaged and I think, oh, I shouldn't have done, done that. What, I should start that week soon and I'd start analyzing and plan. Oh, and, and I'd feel guilty and I'd feel shame and helpless and hopeless. And I'd think I got to do something. And then I'd start planning. And then part of me, that feeling of shame and helplessness, those would go away because I'd think, well, I'm doing something. And then the impetus to figure things out would go away. And then I would stop analyzing and planning. I wouldn't do anything. And one day I just said, after six months of that, and for what I would get an A from in school, because you know, I was doing great analyzing and planning, but not actually changing my behavior. And eventually I said, all right, it starts right now. I'm not going to die if I go for a week without packaged food. I can just eat fruit and you know, buy broccoli. I'm not going to die. So I made it two and a half weeks that time. And I learned... Stop with, quit with the analyzing planning. So when I challenged myself to go for a year without flying, I kind of knew some things that I would do, but I didn't know how to handle all the things that you would think of because I have the same challenges that you did of like family, making money, adventure, things like that. And, or I could just do it. So the analyzing and planning didn't work there. Likewise, when I decided to try it, when I was reading about uh, fermented foods that apparently most of the world or a lot of the world ferments much more than refrigerates or just doesn't use refrigerators. At the time, my refrigerator was the, using the most power in my apartment. It was just to say my, my refrigerator was polluting my, the world the most. And I thought, I wonder if I could ferment. I wonder if I could do that. And before I, I, I had learned by this point, before trying to analyze and plan how I learned to ferment, how, I just went over and unplugged the fridge. And that meant I had until the stuff in the freezer melted to figure out how, what to do with it. Actually, one of the things I did, I had some oranges that I picked up from some place that had like was throwing away oranges. Don't ask why. And I got 50 oranges and I couldn't eat 50. So I put them in the freezer not knowing what to do with them. So they were thing, the things that were melting. At that time, I had some vodka and I just threw the oranges in the vodka. Orange-infused vodka is so easy to make and so delicious. I mean, the peels you can eat. Well, I eat the peels anyway. Anyway, so how do I figure out how to go? My goal with a solar panel was could I go for a month without, well, by calling up Con Ed and turning off my power for an entire month and seeing if I could do that. So now I'm kind of testing it. Uh, I bought the, the panels off of Craigslist used a couple months ago. And over the winter, it didn't, I wouldn't get as much sunlight, but I was powering and I was testing it out. And I found out that the battery pack was able to power the pressure cooker through one cycle of making my famous no-packaging vegan stew. I anticipated I'd be able to do it. I was testing it out. And something about the battery pack broke. Contacted the company. They, re, they fixed it. And I just recently, I think last week, got the fixed one. So I was able to start this thing off. And let me preface this. 
our ancestor, oh, and to power it now, I don't get direct light into my apartment. So I've been going up to my roof and I'm not using the elevator. So that's 11 flights up to put it up there. Then I come back down sometimes and then I, 11 flights back up again to get it. So that's 22 flights when I want to power the thing. I can go up there and stay up there. I've been getting actually sunburned from being out in the sun there. So I have to put a little, wear longer sleeves and uh, cover up a bit more. So I can go up for a couple hours and read or, or work. I mean, I can plug in while it's charging my computer. Uh, right now, this computer, I'm, I'm using the computer off of battery. It was charged from, oh, um, I'll tell you how it's charged in a second. But mostly I'm charging it off the battery pack off of solar. Same with my internet connection is through my phone using its hotspot. So uh, the phone, I have to be much more judicious. I, I turn it off when I'm not using it. I, I turn these things off more. But I want to put some context. Our ancestors used to have to hunt animals and dig, forage for, for berries and dig roots out of the ground. They didn't simply swipe a bit and have it delivered to them. And I suggest to you that however, if you're sitting on the couch watching TV and you think, would I rather go out and hunt an animal or would I rather just swipe on, a, on and press, a, press my screen a few times and have something delivered to my door? I'm sure most people would pick it delivered to their door. I'm, I've just finished reading this book called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Younger? Younger? Fantastic book. And it, it was following up on this concept that I've been following for a bit that said that when civilization, when, when European colonialists expanded out into the rest of the world, most places resisted civilization, what we would call, what they would call civilization. And this doesn't make sense. Why, if one culture is supposed to be so great, did the others resist almost everywhere? In fact, in North America, I believe that there are many, there are many cases of European descendant colonists running off into join with the Indians, but no known cases of Indians joining the Europeans. And by the way, when I talk about our cultural ancestry, I'm not talking about skin color or actual linear descendants. If you are using a computer, if you drive, if you fly, you are the cultural descendant, whatever your skin color, whatever your cultural background, if you're part of modern over-industrialized world, I'm talking, when I talk about the colonists taking over, you've been taken over. I mean, you are a descendant of that colonists of, of that culture. So I'm not just talking about Europeans or people of European descent here. I'm talking about people who live in today's modern over-industrialized world. We don't have to live that way. I'm exiting it myself to a large degree, well, to some degree, to some amount. If you're not actively trying, you're, you've bought in. You've, you're like the Gary Larson cartoon of uh, some horses looking at another horse and like, oh, yep, that guy's been broken. If you've been, if you're living the modern lifestyle and you're not actively trying to switch it, I submit to you that your cultural ancestors are the colonists who are taking over all these other places. If it happens to be that your actual genetic ancestors were the ones taken over, well, which way are you living? Because I put to you that if you're flying, if you're getting takeout, if you're helping fill the Pacific Ocean with plastic, that, that's your cultural ancestry as well. Uh, apparently, people don't like... It always went um, one way but not the other. How do we square that with our culture being so great? What, it, what I'm finding is that our culture has not been so great. We have these stories that we tell ourselves of how much better it is now based on material abundance, 
uh, based actually mostly, I think, on projecting onto others. I mean, how, do you, how do you square if we have put, put yourself back into colonial times and you're a European? How do you square that you have such a better civilization and everyone's fighting back, resisting you, and you have to kill them all to, to, to dominate them into submission? If you're so great, why is that happening? And I believe that they came up with stories that said that we're really much better. And those stories persist to today, but they're based on fears, not on the actual situation. Because when people actually had the choice, they went one way, but not the other, which is to say they prefer the challenge. They prefer not just the challenge, but meaning and purpose don't just come from sitting around and comfort and convenience. It comes from having a challenge and putting effort into it. By the way, I'm leaving. I'm, a lot of times when I record and I have background noise, I don't know if you can hear it, but they're doing construction out there. I'm just going to leave it in there because I want to remind there used to be birds in Manhattan. Now there's engines and beeping, and it's horrible. I much prefer the sounds of, of wildlife than that, but I'm going to leave that in. So the idea of climbing up and down stairs, perhaps that sounds like, why would I do that when I can just turn on a light switch? It's, reward, it's deeply rewarding in a way I'm not going to try to explain, but history has shown that humans... Uh, read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Anyway, I'm not sure when I started. I think it's been about 48 hours, but I don't know how much I used power overnight before two days ago. So it might be 48, might be 60. Might, I, don't, I don't think it's 72 hours. But I'm just testing this out. I wasn't really planning on even starting, I, I didn't say like, I'm going to start right now. I just, um, what happened? I was using the, I don't know. I think I cooked my famous no packaging vegan stew using the battery pack the other day and then just said, oh, let's just see how long it can go. Otherwise I would have turned off the circuit to the entire apartment. Let's see. Um, and so I'm, I'm climbing once or twice per day. I'm seeing a couple neighbors up there. Uh, Here's one of the very interesting things about using it. When I plug into the power supply, this battery pack, it tells me the watts going out. It tells me how much power things are drawing. So I can see when I was lifting weights and I turned on the fan, I could see it drew about 35 watts, 30, 35 watts. So, you know, a little less than an incandescent bulb. Then when I use the computer, I can see the computer plus the phone plus the fluorescent light, the floor light, which I, I can do several. I can work all night, not all night, but for several hours before going to bed by that. And it was drawing about, I think it was also 30, 40, 50 watts, more than I expected. And when I do that, I look at the power and it says how much longer the battery in there will keep up that flow. And so I start thinking, this is how much I have. I have to plan out. I can't just work however I want. I have to think about it. I have to think, how much am I using? Can I get away with using less in order to have this power last longer? It's really very interesting. I mean, you've probably heard stories of how uh, they built some houses somewhere and some they put the power reader where people could see it and some they put it where people couldn't see it. And it was just by accident. But the people who could see how much power they were using used less. There's no instruction to say power. They just saw and they had a numerical readout. And I find that as I'm doing that, oh, it really is kind of fun. I mean, is it going to be fun for you? I don't know, because I have fun conserving. I have fun not polluting other people's world. People call, call me extreme, but I'm, to me, I feel like extremely fun. But apparently other people, I mean, there has been a readout. We, uh, yeah, a friend was telling me about how we were talking about that, that pattern of when people know how much power they're using, they tend to use less. 
And I said, there is a big readout. It's the front page of the news all the time. The extinctions, the, the, the warming, the, uh, the poison, the, the plastic in the oceans. That's a readout. How are people not using that to adjust their behavior? But apparently people aren't. But this would be a more direct route. And actually, I can feel it more direct. I'm also getting in touch with the, um, the concept of continual improvement. Business people know this. How do you go from the Wright brothers to a 747? How do you go from the Model T to a Ferrari? You don't do it in one step. You do lots of little bits. And what I'm doing, however extreme it looks, it's continual improvement. I'm doing one thing, finding the joy, doing the next thing, finding more joy, doing the next thing, finding more joy. And so you might say, what's the point in turning off the light when, I don't know, when I go to the bathroom, I'll turn the light out in the rest of the apartment. I'm not using it. Some people might say, what's the difference? Actually, most of the time, I, well, it's just me here, so I can leave the door open and get the light from outside. It's plenty of light for me to take the shower by. Someone might say, that doesn't really make a difference. Well, I do that, then I do the next thing, then I do the next thing, then I do the next thing. Next thing you know, my power bill, you might know my record low is, not counting the fixed costs that I can't do, do anything about, is 10 kilowatt hours per, in one month, which is 96 cents. I know people with $300 electric bills, which is, to me, unfathomable specifically unfathomably polluting, hurting other people. But you might say, 96, all right, that's less than a dollar. It's not, not that big of a deal. Why bother going from there? But the next step is not just how, many, how few kilowatt hours. The next is how long can I, can I keep it at zero? How long? Can I go a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month? Very interesting things happen when you start thinking on a month timescale of using only solar. The seasons come into play. The tilt of the sun how much sunlight we get per day if I'm willing to stay upstairs outside when it's really cold out. So it puts me more and more in touch with the seasons, with nature. It reminds me when I, a while ago, I was invited to give a talk in Mexico and I was thinking of, I was planning and telling people that I was planning on taking the train down to Florida or Texas and then then, uh, sailing the rest of the way. Most people ask the questions I would have asked. How long does it take? Where do you go from? Where do you go to? People who sailed would ask things like, what time of year is it? What, is, that, is that hurricane season? What are the tides that time of year? You know, what, the phases of the moon matter. Frankly, you know, we can burn fossil fuels to power through almost anything. We can go through any storm. We can go, not any storm, but you know, we can power through stuff. And we do. When there's weather, we figure out how to de-ice the plane wings and all sorts of stuff using who knows what kind of crazy chemicals that do who knows what to, to the wildlife and ourselves. Or we can live in harmony, in humility to nature. That's what's happening here is I have to start thinking more of how the world works, not just how I can pave it over. This is continual improvement. It's, it's joyful. It's, um, how do I put it? It's deeply rewarding because I'm constantly challenging myself. I'm constantly reaching my potential, finding out I have more potential left and realizing I was, I'm, I'm more of a person than I thought I was. There's more to me. I have more capabilities than I thought. The same thing happens when I stretch. You know, a while ago when I sat down and kept my knees locked, I could like touch my shins. And now I can wrap my, I I can touch the bottoms of my feet with my wrists, with my knees straight. And, you know, anyone who's lifted weights or gotten better at a sport or gotten better at an art or singing or dancing, you know, it's continual improvement. You just practice and practice and practice. And the rewards are... You know, it's nice not to use power. It's nice to know I'm not polluting as much as I used to. It's nice to know that I share this with people and people start following, that they see me as a role model. I think none of that adds up to 
living by my values and realizing my values, realizing my potential and surpassing what I used to think my potential, what I thought my potential was and getting farther. Anyway, back to the other night, I think last night, no, two days ago, I was using the power and it said like I had 10 hours left and then I looked back and it was much less and I'm not sure. I think the battery pack heats up and so I think there's a power that's going out but I think it's also losing power to heat. So I was stuck like, oh, I can't, um, I have to really like wrap up. I think I'm going to start reading more. Something I've learned this year, uh, some people might know, I haven't gone on social media this year. I, I've been, I was trying to avoid, you know, I would go and I would read Reddit like two hours, three hours sometimes and I would tell myself, I'm just going to check something real quick for like five minutes. And then, I'd, you know, two hours later, I would, I would get off. And I'd, I knew actually when I said just five minutes, there's a part of me that would say, no, no, don't. You know it's not going to be five minutes. You know it's going to be more. And this other part of me would say, just start the five minutes. I'll handle things for you. I'll keep your conscience clear so that when you go from five to seven, seven to ten, ten to twenty, at each stage, this, this slippery part of me would say, I'll just, I'll, we'll just increase a little bit at that point. And it won't be like, you'll never make a decision to go for two hours. And when you're done, you can just say, oh, it just happened. I knew that that was happening. So I just said, all right, quit with that stuff for a while. Just like, if you haven't done this, go for a month without using any salt. Don't put salt on anything. Everything's going to be really bland for a while. At the end of the month, you'll go back and try putting the salt back on. And you, if you put the amount you used to put on, it will be unbearably salty, horribly salty. Same thing with social media. It like, took a while. I, you know, I had to go through the withdrawal, the sweats, the cold sweats of, oh, I want to check. And now it's so much nicer not to. I haven't been reading the news. By news, I mean sites that refresh more than, more than once a day, which is also social media. I try to avoid those sites. And I'll follow a link if someone tells me to check out a story. But I won't go to a page, especially pages. Another distinction. Yeah, there's two distinctions I found. One is pages that refresh more than daily versus ones that don't. And there are pages that you go to with no idea. You go there to find, to be entertained. So, you know, when you go to read the news, you go to read Twitter, you don't know what you're going to find. And you're like, entertain me. Alternatively, there are sites that you go to for a specific purpose. Usually when I go to Wikipedia, I'm not going to browse Wikipedia. I, I, I want to look up a specific thing or a dictionary. I want to look something up. I want to find what's there, and then I'm done. I'm not going there and spending lots of time. So this year, I don't think I've logged into Twitter. I certainly haven't logged into Facebook. Uh, I, I do log into LinkedIn, but I haven't gone on a Reddit except to follow links, but I haven't logged in. And... The freedom that gives me is so great. And I think that this power stuff is going to tap into that of only using power when I'm for deliberate purposes. So I can't tell where it's going to go, but I see myself using a lot less. This is to me budgeting and accountability. To me, stewardship, um, sustainability, the environment, to me seem totally in the realm of business leadership. I mean, business school is where I learned about accountability. It's where I learned about leadership. It's where I learned about responsibility. And it's not where I learned about responsibility, where I started really wanting more responsibility. <clears throat> and I think the mainstream generally looks at these things as more Republican conservative type things. I mean, they're not so fiscally accountable these days. But the, the, when I grew up, they, they talked about being more accountable. And I think that's more, it feels like a more conservative value. I mean, 
liberals also, but it feels like it's more on the conservative side. And this accountability is absent from almost everyone in terms of environment and environmental sustainability and sustainability leadership, which is why I focus on leadership, not just telling people facts and numbers and telling them what to do. But this is, this to me is accountability. It's, I'm deeply accountable to the power that I use. How do I know? Because if I overuse the power, I got to go up flights. I got to climb up 22 flights to do it. Now, part of me says, well, that's, that's a great joy. It gets my heart beating. It gets my legs pumping. Uh, It makes me feel in a sense, in touch with people who can't just flip a switch and get whatever power they want, who just like stick food in the fridge and stick food in the fridge and stick food in the fridge. And I don't know anyone whose fridge is not overflowing. Mine is empty. It's actually, it's got a little mold in it because when you don't use it for anyway, actually, oh, come to think of it. Today's May 25th. So in six days, it'll be the end of May. That'll be the end of my eighth month with my fridge unplugged. Again, continual improvement. It's the last year, last year, I'm at six and a half months. I'm pretty, I'm breathing now on a full year and a full year means I can just go indefinitely without a fridge, which sounds impossible, except that all human beings lived without refrigerators up until a couple decades ago. It feels like forever. We must, people just must have always had fridges or ice boxes at least, but it's very recent. You know, a lot of people think of refrigerators for keeping food fresh, Right. The less that I use a fridge, the more fresh my food is. The causality is backward. Actually, refrigerators lead us to have less fresh food. You see the pattern also with um, fruits and vegetables that are individually wrapped. I'm sure you've seen individually wrapped cucumbers at the, at the store and apples. A lot of people say, Josh, you don't get it. Often in other countries, they, they don't have the supply chain in the refrigeration that we do. And if you wrap things up, people can get stuff to the market and it'll stay fresh. That's not how it works. That's, you think about one cucumber. The causality is the other way around. Once they have a way of keeping stuff fresher, then they simply increase the supply line distance so that, and, and time so that things don't get more fresh. They just have more wrapped plastic. And farms, farms are farther and farther away from cities, and we get less and less fresh food. Likewise, people hear me shopping at farmer's markets and say, oh, someone off in the food desert, they can't access those things. The worst thing to do, if you think that there are areas that, as I do, that there are areas that are lacking um, access to fresh fruits and vegetables, the worst thing to do is not to shop at farmer's markets. If you want to keep the situation the way it is, go ahead, get some more takeout, get all the doof you want, you know, buy from, get all the frozen stuff and all the packaged stuff. That's going to empower, that's going to power McDonald's and all the doof suppliers to exacerbate the situation. They impoverish neighborhoods. They cause those problems. If you want to reverse that trend, if you want to bring farmer's markets to those places, you shop in farmer's markets yourself. Don't have one? Form one. Find a CSA. I was, I, when I was a kid, my parents helped form a co-op, and now I belong to a co-op in New York. Co-ops are much more responsive, and I, and I keep my money in, um, in a credit union. You can do these things, and that helps Credit unions grow. It helps build community. It helps keep money in communities so that they don't get impoverished. Amazon is not saving anyone every, any time. Amazon.com. They are impoverishing neighborhoods. They cause places to go bankrupt. And this pattern is why I'm using uh, the solar panel. Oh, I'm using the solar panel to be more accountable to myself, to keep 
the, to lower pollution. Yes, I recognize some people can't afford um, a solar panel right now and, and the battery power right now. I'm trying it out. I'm testing it out. But it's the worst thing to do would be keep using regular power. I want to reduce power as much as I can. And I want to point out, solar, wind, these are not renewable. They're called renewables, and they're not renewable. They rely on fossil fuels uh, at every stage, from manufacture to uh, delivery to installation to use, and then they pollute when they're um, at the end of life. They are... We, if we are, we are addicted to power that we didn't create, and uh, not to the power, to what the power supplies, flying... Um, all the nighttime, like air conditioning and things like that. And if we want to get off that addiction, well, methadone helps people get off opiates. If first you have a plan, if the person who is addicted recognizes they're addicted, they say and, and commit from the heart that they're going to stop, and you give them a plan, then methadone will help them get off of opiates. If they're on opiates and you simply throw methadone at them and say, good luck, that will not work. Likewise, if we're addicted to fossil fuels, if we're addicted to power that we didn't create, that pollutes, and you just throw windmills at us, we'll be like the opiate given methadone with no plan and no intent. It's just like, great, more opiates. Thank you. That's what we're doing. We're using the polluting power, and then we give so-called renewables, and we're like, okay, we use the old one and the new one. Just an addict who doesn't recognize that they're addicted and doesn't commit to changing. That's what we are. So to me, solar and wind can work like methadone that is still heavily addicting and unhealthy, but as part of a plan can lead to cessation. And if you think about nuclear, nuclear is using, it pollutes, it's not sustainable. But more importantly, it feeds the addiction. Nuclear would be more like, if you're on heroin, if solar and, uh, and wind are like methadone, nuclear would be more like fentanyl. Everyone thinks, oh, this more concentrated thing. It, it happened when, when we went from um, uh, opium to morphine. People said, well, it's more pure. People won't get addicted. And then, uh, and, and then people got more addicted. And then heroin, we said, oh, they won't get addicted. And they got addicted, more so. And um, likewise with uh, coca leaves to cocaine to crack, the more you concentrate it, the more addiction, the more the addiction kicks in. And you can see that... You, if nuclear fusion happen, it will happen more. It will accelerate. But anyway, that's another topic. So what am I still what am I um, what am I still using for power? Last night when I got home, my the pack, the battery pack was drained, and I hadn't eaten dinner yet. So I opened the door to my hallway, and so I, I, I ate by the light of the hall light, which I guess is technically using power. But I'm not. I don't know. That's outside of my apartment. When I'm doing my burpees at night, um, it helps to have a bit of light because uh, I do these, I don't know how to put it, when I come down from the jump, I bounce, and so I'm in the air, like fully in the air, and then I hit the ground, and it's useful to see the ground. As it turns out, usually I would keep the lights, well, I try to do that when there's still light out, so I can do it from just sunlight, uh, the, the dawn, the evening light that's still there. As it turns out, in New York City, it never gets dark. So if I just leave the windows open, it's kind of dark, but the light reflected off the, the, the incredibly bright city, off the sky, reflecting back down, 
I can I can do the burpees by that, and without I don't think I'm going to injure myself. I had been using the lights before. I guess I didn't need to do that for all this time. See, I'm, I'm finding out how much I'm using without realizing it, or not necessary. So, like after I do the burpees last night, or my, not just burpees, but the burpee-based calisthenics, which is like a 20-minute workout, I sweat a bit, and I don't want to go to sleep and sweat. So I took a quick shower, and I just did that by the light from outdoors. That's technically powered light. It was cloudy, so it couldn't have been moonlight. Also, when I go to NYU to work, I don't change my behavior. I'm not avoiding any power use. So I used to, if it was normal for me to do something, I would do it. So I brought my computer and the wall connector, and I powered my computer there yesterday when I was working. That was unchanged. So I'm not trying to only use solar anywhere. And that meant that when I came home, as I alluded to earlier in in this recording... The power, and actually the power right now that I'm recording with now is residual from NYU last night. But what I'm not using is I'm still not using the elevator. That's why I'm going up and down the 22 flights plus the four flights to get from the ground floor to my apartment. I think that's about what I wanted to cover. I hope that what's coming across is that this is fun, joy, continual improvement, freedom. More than anything else, this is about freedom, is that it's freedom intrinsic, internal, because I know that I'm not, yes, there's some embedded pollution in the solar panels, definitely, and in the battery pack. It's much less than I would be using otherwise. I'm not tying myself to the outlets. I'm, I'm not tying myself to, the, ah, it's the mental freedom. Ah, this is coming out as I'm speaking it, of before I ever began any of this, I believed, as I'm sure most people do, what I do doesn't matter. Individual action doesn't matter. We have to change at the, at the global scale. And, you know, what I do with straws doesn't matter. That is, it twisted me up inside. And as much as people call me extreme because, say, I'm not flying and because it takes me two and a half years to fill up a load of garbage, I'm not extreme when I compare myself to all humans who ever lived before plastic and before the Industrial Revolution. Why should I compare myself to the most polluting people? Why don't I compare myself to the least polluting people? As Tribe points out, and as I've discovered, when given the choice, people prefer the other way. We just have no exposure to it. We live without contact with nature. I mean, there's a couple trees around here, but not a lot. I mean, I, I do know where to get the berries and forage, and I love that. That's what I'm saying. I love that. I love living closer to not just nature, not being so, what's the word? Trapped? pulled around by my nose, by all of modern society's claims to be doing me favors when they're really holding stuff just out of reach and saying, you can have this if you pay me, if you submit to living this way. And there's a freedom that comes from, that I'm still getting, definitely more now than before, from knowing that less, using less refrigerator means more fresh. Knowing that If something seems impossible, but people around the world do it, I can probably figure out a way to do it. Knowing that if I want to sample, if I want to know what the world cuisine is like, a great way to do it is to live by what grows here, which no one does. No one in New York that I know of, you know, goes out of their way to buy turnips. Not goes out of the way. Well, actually here you have to go out of your way. If, how do I put this? You can go to a country and sample the culture. But you're just dropping in for a weekend or a week, maybe a month. You're not part of that culture. You don't see what it's like. Meanwhile, your own 
what culture was where you are is probably wiped out, but there's still some access to it, certainly through the food. And the less that you just burn and pollute and do what it takes to like flatten that all out and turn it into this homogenized global over-industrialized culture, you can access it without flying anywhere. You can access it without powering it up at all. Want to experience a different culture? Turn off the circuit breaker to your whole apartment. Suddenly, now you're in a new culture. It's right there. And in fact, you're polluting less instead of polluting more. You'll get more access to what it's like to... like. I talk about the Hadza, the San. After reading Braiding Sweetgrass, North American uh, Indians, I'm getting a guest soon who worked with the Sumane, uh, if I'm saying that right, in Bolivia. Flying and, and visiting them, you're just bringing us to them and you're destroying what's there. It's the opposite of what we want to do. You can instead turn off the power, see if you can go for 24 hours. I did that last year, two years ago. Now I'm going a bit longer. That's a different culture. You don't have to fly anywhere. You can share that story with other people. You can connect. You will connect more with the Hadza, with people around the world who right now, if you're saying, oh, Josh, you can do it, but they can't. You can connect with them more by doing this. And I'm connecting with them more than you believe, than you know, than you do when you fly out to visit them and lead them to create, you know, you go up the Amazon and now they're going to create some lovely little cafe for the tour, for the, the eco-tourists, which is like this catastrophe. And then that'll lead to supply lines and that'll lead them to depend on, and then they're gone. And then we cut down some more of the rainforest and you think, oh, I'm glad I got there before it was gone. Too bad my eco-tourism didn't help as much as I thought when actually it contributed to it. If I sound judgmental, I'm judging myself before because I knew I could have acted a long time ago and I could have found this joy earlier. I could have found this fun earlier. I could have connected with people all around the world earlier instead of trampling them. All right, I see by this recording that I've been going at this for over 30 minutes. I didn't thought this was gonna be a five minute recording, but I'm really enjoying this and I hope people see, you know, I haven't shared enough of like while I'm doing it or before I was doing it. I was really scared to start doing this. Not scared, I was concerned, like, am I going to be able to pull it off? How many times am I going to have to go up and down the stairs? Am I going to tire out? And yeah, actually, I, I can say, tell you my legs get tired from going up and down the stairs all the time. But whatever. Let me know if you have any questions. As you can tell, I really enjoy this. I hope you give it a chance too.